You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country Hi everyone, Annie here for Showreel on 3CR Community Radio. All about Australian moving image and its makers. I had the lucky chance to chat with Ivan Zinn, whose new film Loveland will be out in cinemas in February. The First Nations director, Ivan Zinn, is well known for Mystery Road, Goldstone and other work on screen. And this time, with Loveland, he has stepped into the sci-fi genre, away from the Australian environment to the hyper-urbanised world of Hong Kong. Listen in to our chat. Interesting, this uh, new release that you've got coming up, Love Land. Uh, I noticed yeah. that you've uh, been, you're a one-man show in some respects, writer, director, producer, and the camera operator and editor and composer. Tell us about this love child of yours. Well, well, it's a pretty old child, I think. It's almost an adult. It started in about 2007 or eight is when I first went to Hong Kong and um, fell in love with the place. And I just had a very strong feeling that I wanted to make a film there. Um, There's just something about the atmosphere and, and the energy and how it's this hybrid of hybrid of a city um, with this, this Chinese kind of roots and British kind of um modernity kind of connecting to it and now it's got its own modernity going on which is another thing altogether and all these things just added up and um a a story just grew out of it and uh it's there's just something about it's a very kind for me it's a very romantic place as well there's the, the the neon lights and and the rain and the umbrellas and it's just a just kind of um yeah, I just felt like it, uh, a romantic kind of futuristic um, type of story just that just grew out of the location, and that's generally what I've what I've done in the past is found the location that really spoke to me, and the characters just kind of grew from there. Oh, that's interesting. I I agree with you. I really like Hong Kong. I've been there several times, and um, there's something about it that is quite phenomenal. I agree. I mean, for example, the idea of it as a major city is one thing, but actually there's quite a lot of green there as well, so uh, nature. You can actually get lost there. I mean, you can you can get so isolated there and uh, just going out into the, into the wilderness and um, and take a train and in, in, in half an hour you're back within the most urbanised area in the world. It's just a remarkable place. So, I mean, you've decided to do a sci-fi um, film, which obviously has 
been inspired by the place because it's got a real pulse that place but it's also uh the themes that you i mean i haven't seen the film but uh reading the uh information about it you've decided to fuse that sensibility with uh um issues around being human really is haven't you humanness yeah well like i said the the place is actually um the the, the the location of Hong Kong has actually spawned the characters within the story, but in reality, these the characters are extensions of many of the people who I came across in Hong Kong and also in in mainland China. And um, I was just struck by this kind of contradiction of people trying to connect but also being in, in extreme competition with each other at the same time. And I, I kind of took that theme and, and, and worked with that within the fabric of, of my three, three lead characters and uh, this, who, who struggle against this erosion of, of um, human traits that are to do with con- connectivity. Um, this, in, in, a, in a competitive future environment. But you're not uh, deliberately uh, working on the same principle of a sort of very negative dystopia, are you? Because I'm quite interested in that because you, you're talking about um, the, mel- the interconnectedness between humans and machines. But yeah. most of the um, films that are futuristic films uh, around the earth are uh, uh, dystopian, effectively, and they have been since the 1980s, in fact. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that road's been trodden quite a lot. And uh, it's for me, the, the, the future in Loveland is actually an extension of now, and it's actually not that different to now. I mean, there's, there's, um, there's, there's, there are, you know, there's humanoid elements within it, but for me, they're kind of, the humanoid is a metaphor for what's happening to the human being, um, the human species, when faced with extreme competition, where we, be, we lose our connective emotions and we become basically robotic in, in, in how we deal with each other and how we survive. And um, where does love and trust play within this fabric? And this is what our characters have to deal with, this, this struggle with this, this erosion of these traits. So you've been playing with this idea for quite a long time, like you said. Um, yeah. You've got, um, I, I mean, I was thinking, because you're the uh, uh, director as well as the camera operator, what were the, some of the challenges within the framework of that environment? Well, you, yeah, it, you kind of, it actually starts with the script and even, you know, even just sitting down and playing some piano and you're starting to see the images um, kind of within the, within the fabric of the story and and uh, going to the location a lot over many years, the story just kind of um, found its own way out. And it's, it's hard to describe because it's such an internal kind of process for me. It's something that is very, very intimate. And I always compare it to, to something like painting or even just as of being a stills photographer where you, where you aren't expected to have a lot of people involved but in filmmaking for some reason because of the whole you know the hollywood kind of process um 
it, we are expected to involve a lot of people and, and, you know, I do involve a lot of people, especially in a type of film, which is a science fiction and you have to, you have a certain element of design involved. And, um, and when you don't have a huge budget, that design element has to be very focused and you really have to do your, it's just all about being prepared. It's all about preparation. And so for me, I had to really prepare, um, everything to do with, with the design of the film and how the film was going to be shot and um, how it was going to be lit and and how it was going to be put together in the edit room and, and how the visual effects elements um, were going to be interwoven within the, the fabric of the, the of the real real um, imagery which which um, I found myself as well. So actually, a year before the film was made was shot, I went by myself to Hong Kong and China and filmed. A lot of um, backdrop imagery, which would then end up as the kind of basis of the the design of the film. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, I, I actually I've been to China, mainland China as well. My uh, nephew married a Chinese woman, and uh, we went right. to his home, her hometown, uh, and uh, it, it was absolutely fascinating to me that in lots of ways China reminded me. Uh, People, the Chinese people, in funny kind of way, mm. reminded me of Australians. Is yep. that is that yep. a, a thing that you sort of? Yeah, yeah. definitely. There's a casualness there, but but I would actually say the, the the more, I guess, the deeper I went into China, the more it reminded of my indigenous family and my indigenous community um, around Tumala. Uh, very, very, very similar kinds of, um, I guess. Uh, approaches to life and lifestyle and um and just i guess personality wise as well and uh, sense of humor all these kind of traits just very very similar um to and to to um my my family in in tumula in uh you know in the queensland border yeah i mean i i I think i i I felt the same way I, i i found it really interesting because the um overlay is so different when you uh, mm. look at it from a mainstream media sort of Oh, yeah, especially these days. <laughs> oh, yeah, especially these days. <laughs> it's pretty pretty chronic. Um, uh, you've got some good, great actors. Uh, Ryan Quentin uh, is a... Quentin, yep. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't say his name right, but he's a, a very uh, talented actor. And uh, um, tell me about the actors you, you've brought together. Well, I've worked with I worked with Ryan Quentin and Hugo um, Weaving before on uh, Mystery Road um, back in 2013, and I guess that's when we established a pretty good relationship uh, with each other. And uh, they uh, they're they're actors that don't do do projects unless they are emotionally kind of involved in the story, and they were both drawn to this story and and the themes these themes of of, of um, human connection and human competition kind of conflict of this and and where we're going in the future as, as human beings and um so they were they were into the, the the really into the thematic element of the film and and they really um were into the way i work as well and so um they came on board with a lot of um generosity and very a lot of passion and support to 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 allow me to, 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 to make the film how I wanted. And um, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're actors who I think I'll continue to work with because we, we just work um, very well together and, and share so many 
values. And um, and there's also Gillian uh, Ewan, who, who's a Melbourne actress, who Vietnamese Australian actress, and uh, it's her first major role. And she was likewise, you know, she she doesn't have the history of those those two actors, but she she definitely makes up with for it with her raw talent and her passion for for this story and she felt very strong connection to the character um, of, of April and you know, being a, a, a migrant worker in the future from Vietnam to Hong Kong um, is something that she relates to as she she is, as she was a Vietnamese refugee as a young as a young girl and um, was actually in a refugee camp in um, Malaysia um, yeah yeah so she she really identified with the character and um, uh, but the other thing is that her favorite place in the world is Hong Kong and, uh, <laughs> and she has a very strong appreciation of Hong Kong cinema and Hong Kong directors and so um, she she just felt like it was her dream moment you know to, to be in Hong Kong with these two actors who were, who were just so generous towards her as well Calling all filmmakers, the ninth annual Setting Sun Film Festival wants your film. Enter a short or a feature-length film for the chance to see your work up on the gorgeous Sun Theatre screen in Yarraville. The Sun Theatre was voted one of the most beautiful theatres in the world. With up to $10,000 in prizes for winners, entries close on the 31st of January 2022. Go to settingsun.com.au and enter your film now. The Setting Sun Film Festival is a 3CR supporter. Hi, we're the Marindas and you're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855am. You're listening to Showreel on 3CR Radio. We are listening to a chat I had with Ivan Zen about his upcoming new film, Loveland. Loveland is out in cinemas in February. I was going to ask you about the genre element. I mean, you've successfully done some pretty significant uh, genre work uh, in the uh, crime mystery um, thriller area. Uh, Now you decided to work in sci-fi, which personally, I love a good sci-fi. It's just that a lot of the sci-fi has been dominated by American grandiosity. Yeah. The problem, the problem with sci-fi is, that, is the budgets that people connect with them, and so these budgets, you know, they they breed um, a sense of fear among investors, and so they just try to push the films to what do they perceive to be, you know, getting a return, and in, in and and the film kind of, you know, it, it, it is damaged as a result of that. Um, <laughs> but uh, when when you can try and approach the sci-fi genre with with a a, not a not a giant budget. There's less stress put on the film to 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 do the traditional kind of uh, you know hit the traditional notes of sci-fi, which we're all kind of you know so used to now. Because I think all of that those notes or that get hit by sci-fi have a lot to do with producers more than filmmakers. You know. But oh yeah. <laughs> that, I mean that's interesting because uh, having read um, quite. Well, I wouldn't say I'm, I've, I've read a lot. Uh, uh, I mean, things like Philip K. Dick, for example, are the kernels of ideas. It's the ideas that count. Um, and I guess, and I know that uh, now with uh, really advanced uh, techniques, 
uh, films can look really amazing. Like, for example, the most recent Dune compared to the Dune done by David Lynch, which I just recently looked at as well. Um, what I got out of the David Lynch thing was particularly his uh, quite um, terrific visualisations, which uh, he did a great job. But, of course, the skill, uh, the technical advances have uh, almost take over the kernel mm. of the ideas. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and, and when the idea is put out there, it's done in such a melodramatic manner, you know, in, in the same kind of weight as uh, the, the, the many of the effects, <laughs> you know. And... Uh, so they they really make sure you get the idea when they want you to get it, you know, and and in the way that and that kind of mellows and waters down the idea as well. Yeah. So so what you're saying is that having a smaller budget, you actually were walking a tightrope of uh, developing the ideas without flooding it with the extremity of the technical expertise. Well. Yeah, and 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 the pressure of of studio, you know, Hollywood studios, just you know, um, where they feel like they really need a certain amount of um, violence within a certain parameter of time to to keep you occupied and stimulated, you know, and, and it's like a brain, it's like a brainwashing <laughs> of audiences, which has been going on for 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 since Hollywood has been going, I guess. Mm. So, so um, how did you get your money for this? Oh, we uh, we um, rubbed the bank. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, it's just a combination of the usual things, but uh, no Screen Australia this time, though. They weren't interested in the film, um, which kind of was a good thing for us because it, they come with some um, certain, let's call guidelines as well. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, it was it was largely screen, uh, screen Queensland and some and private investment from uh, from US and um, and uh, that was it. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, so uh, it's coming out in February in cinemas. Yep. Um, yep. And uh, I mean, it's actually quite exciting because this is you're an exciting filmmaker, actually. So it's always <laughs> very exciting to see what you produce. Yeah, and it's and it's for the cinema. It's not it's not for for the phones or the, the TVs at home. I know the TVs are getting bigger, but it's not the same, and it's never going to be the same as the cinema. And I, I just watched the the film the other day in a in a massive six hundred seat VMAX cinema, and it was just it just it's just incredible. And I haven't you just don't get that feeling at home. And um, for me, this film. Um, as much as anything, for me, it's a, it's a kind of a, it's designed to be like a mesmerising experience for, for for the senses as much as um, for the intellect. And and uh, only the big screen with the big sound can really deliver deliver it in a way that I really intended it um, to be to be felt by the audience. So um, tell me about the uh, soundscape too, because. Uh, soundscape, and you're a musician or a composer, yep. e effectively. Uh, it's really important, this kind of uh, element to a film of this sort, in particular, I think. Yeah, and I mean, this, like everything, the sound was thought of um, well before the film was shot as well, and um, the the sound, like the image, grew out of the location. Uh, ah. I, I actually recorded a lot of the sound 
a year before we um, shot the film. And the sound uh, just evolved. And I even went back there in post-production with uh, my sound designer, Tom, Tom Keller, and we, we, I took, I've got some mics, he's got mics, and we, we both, I took him around Hong Kong and to all the locations where we filmed, and we recorded them, and we recorded um, other areas as well, and so, um, so much of the film is actually live recordings from Hong Kong. Oh, and, right. Uh, yeah, and it's just, yeah, so it's, it, it really has, you know, you hear Cantonese everywhere. And also some some Mandarin and and um, the odd bit of Korean and Japanese as well because all those influences are there and, and the African influence the the the, the Indian and um, uh, Central Central Asian influence is also um, within Hong Kong and so all of this was um, you know captured um, from from location and integrated into into the into the film and it may sound quite I don't know you, you know kind of um, Futuristic or, or sci- how you would call it a, a sci-fi sounding film, but it's actually <laughs> that's what Hong Kong sounds like. Yeah, yeah, but also the thing about Hong Kong um, is that it's it's a combination of islands, so its physicality is really fascinating as well. You know, so uh, streetscapes, uh, you know, uh, valleys, sea, you know, uh, being on the top of hills you know what i mean like it, yeah. there's so yeah, many yeah. possibilities yeah like we went to the peak and recorded stuff up there as well to the top of the mountain um on hong kong island there's, there's just so many perspectives and and like you're saying you, you you can isolate yourself in hong kong very easily um i mean you just have to take one one street back from from the from the street and it's and it's a quiet alleyway and the sound is very different there as well also, um, the the uh, staircases that go up, mm. that, that's really yeah. amazing as well. You know how they yeah. often have this stuff about um, uh, European cities with their staircases? I mean, unless you mm. explore a place like Hong Kong, you, start, you don't realise that actually... I mean, I, I, we were walking up a staircase that went up for a long way and there was a bathhouse, like a public bathhouse. <laughs> Which, you know, like if you, as if you were in Rome or something, you know, ancient yeah, Rome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you walk if you walk from Central to the peak, um, yeah, you pass all kinds of things and even, even a zoo. And if you saw that, it's like you walk halfway up the mountain and there's like these monkeys and stuff. Yeah, and, um, and, yes, like and, a free zoo. <laughs> and one of the best best things to do is just take a, a bus ride up to the top, like a bus ride. That's so so yeah. fascinating. So it's a fascinating place. I agree with you. It's one of my most favourite places in the world, Hong Kong. Yeah, it, it, it has. I've been I've been to a lot of. I mean, been all over Asia, and it's a city that 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 um, it's. I mean, from its it, it, it backs up it, its, I guess, its um, appearance with with very deep texture, which I don't find in other places, say like Tokyo, where it feels very, you know, it's quite quite, um, you know, visually it's 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 very full, but there's an emptiness there attached to it compared to somewhere like Hong Kong. There's dirt in the street. There's a text, there's textures everywhere. You know, it doesn't have. There's, it's very deep. Um, it's a very deep kind of dimension 
Yeah, I do. I know exactly what you mean. I found it really fascinating too. And it's constantly different. The um, uh, It's huge. And also because it's, it, it, you, so many Asian, Asia is, is monoculture, you know. It's you, you, everywhere in China and, and, you, and Korea, Japan, everywhere. Even it, the, there's, there's one culture, whereas Hong Kong, the culture is, is, is fragmented and it's beautiful, you know. How long did it take to shoot? Uh, we shot over about six weeks, I think, five or six weeks. Right. Okay. A, but but I, but yeah, saying that, I, I did go I did go earlier and shoot things, and I also went back in post and did a lot of pickups by myself as well, um, just picking up extra imagery and things. Hmm. And so, yeah. And you also got your um, uh, the person working on the um, uh, interiors. The, you, yep. They were shot in uh, the Gold Coast at uh, Kumara Tape. I thought that was great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we we couldn't couldn't get into the there's two well there's two studios up here now in, in southeast Queensland and we couldn't get into either of them and so uh, the Tape became an option and it was fantastic because we got to um, share the experience with with a lot of the Tape kids, the students who who were doing film course there. And um, and it was just a nice, you know, feeling to have this these kids around and learning things with with us as we were, we were with, as we were working. So it was it was it worked out great. Yeah, that's I think that's fantastic. That's really generous of you. I think. Uh, uh, yeah, I think all productions should do that. You know? <laughs> have, a, have a large kind of you know student kind of section. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really really good. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the film and. Um, Thank you very much for spending some time talking to me about it. No worries. Thanks for thanks for having a chat. Yeah. And uh, yeah, can't wait for it to be on the you know on the big screen in the dark room. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Marty. All right, thanks. Bye. Celebrate a family-friendly New Year's Eve in Yarra. Join us at Edinburgh Gardens North Fitzroy and Barclay Gardens in Richmond for kids' games, sports competitions, lighting installations, relaxed live music and an outdoor cinema. This free, family-friendly event kicks off at both parks at 12 midday. Bring a picnic and ring in the new year with family and friends. Check out the full program at yarracity.vic.gov.au. And remember, City of Yarra Park streets and public spaces are alcohol-free on New Year's Eve. The City of Yarra is a 3CR supporter. That's it for Showreel this week. Hopefully you'll be able to tune in next week as part of 3CR's summer season. We will be chatting to the filmmaker Matthew Walker about the documentary I'm Juanita, which puts the Queen of Australian Honky Tonk on Centre Stage, a must-see documentary. It opens on January the 6th. Until then, keep safe, talk soon. Cheers from Annie. Sometimes when this place gets kind of empty Sound of their breath fades with the light I think about the loveless fascination 
Bye. 
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.